a uh, have a superstar with me here um, today, and one of um, client who I love to work with, um, Gabby McEwen, um, who many of you will know. So we're back up in Brisbane um, this week, and so welcome, Gabby. It's great to have you um, as part of the Women in Real Estate Success series. Thank you. It's lovely to be here on this wonderful. Monday morning. I know, and I must say we both got very good taste in colours and we're matchy-matchy today, uh, as my granddaughter would say, nanny, matchy-matchy, as she shows me her nail polish. Um, so it, it's just been wonderful to catch up with so many amazing women uh, in real estate. And Gabby, you're a bit of an icon, uh, particularly in the Brisbane market, and you have incre achieved incredible success. And it would be just fabulous to um, to rejoin some of your journey today and to share, um, I guess what we'd love to hear about is what brought you into the industry, what did you do before real estate and um, what was the catalyst to make that decision to enter the industry? Well, if you read my bio, you'll know that as a little girl, I never had a doll's house. So it all started with I'm a very creative, imaginative person. And I love this idea of having this world where I could put people in rooms and move them around and show them. So when I was a little kid, I used to go spend a lot of time on the beach. I literally grew up at the beach and I would play by myself for hours and I would go to these sand dunes and there'd be all these succulents and I'd create rooms out of each sort of growth of succulents is really bizarre a bizarre thing to do and I go and this is a lounge and here we go and this is and I used to literally play <laughs> and then my parents moved when I was about nine to another country really um, I come from a place called Transkei which no longer exists which is where Nelson Mandela was born in Africa and my parents moved to a slightly more first world country called South Africa and um, they were house hunting and I met two real estate agents. One was a female and one was a male. And the female was incredible. She was a little dynamo and she was jumping around and showing houses and I really liked her. And I was so disappointed and annoyed when my parents bought a house from the male. And I said, how could you do that? She was much better. So she was kind of my first inspiration in real estate. Um, but I grew up and I, I like didn't really fancy the world of real estate because I chatted to this lady and she told me that uh, petrol was expensive and there were lots of times she got people in cars and they didn't always buy from her and I thought gee this looks like a hard job but at the back of my mind it was always something I wanted to do but I always had another career I wanted to do and that was working in radio. I loved radio and I had an uncle who was very uh, high up in broadcasting and he brought television to Zimbabwe so kind of broadcasting was in my blood I suppose. And um, I decided that I would go into radio. So I studied journalism and through a series of extremely weird coincidences, I actually ended up in radio, but it was a very difficult industry to get into if you were at this base in South Africa. Um, but I won a DJ competition and I got in via the back door. <laughs> so that's the one weird thing about me. So I actually won a, a competition and I won the graveyard shift on radio. Uh, so that's how I got in and I worked in radio for many, many years and I loved it. Um, I, I studied journalism at uni and um, but journalism wasn't for me. It was too much reporting, although I sort of use that in my content now. I love to report about what's going on. 
but I love the more creative side and I could see that journalism was going to crush my spirit and I decided that radio was a little bit different because you were running your own show, you could pull stuff out here, pull stuff out of radio. So, yes, I was involved in the wonderful world of radio for um, many, many years and then I actually came across a lady whose husband owned a real estate office and we went out to their farm for lunch and I ended up um, chatting to him and, um, and I entered the world of real estate when I was actually 33 years old, um, wow. which I guess yeah. is certainly a sure age. <laughs> so I had and you would have had two, two young boys at that, at that, um, at that point yeah. as well? I had two very young boys. Um, I think the little one wasn't even in proper school yet. Um, he might have been in prep, maybe younger than prep. Um, and then I had Alec, um, who now, funnily enough, has just joined me in real estate. So both my boys grew up with real estate. I used to do a lot. They did a lot of sports. They're very sporty boys. And I'd be at the tennis and I'd pick up the balls that they'd hit and I'd be negotiating while I was doing it. And um, real estate was always in the background. So for me, it was really good because I was able to juggle the two. But this was in the days before Wi-Fi. So I had to spend a lot of time at the office and sort was of that, down was behind that the here in Australia, Gabby? Yes, yes. I've ne never did real estate actually over in South Africa. I did actually want to, but my it was always something I wanted to do. Um, and I had a friend who actually worked with me at one stage and she went into real estate. And in her first, um, I think, two months, she sold three properties. So I just assumed that was normal. So I went and in my first, I think, six weeks, sold three properties. So I just thought it was normal to do that. So yeah. I think we carry a lot of stuff between our ears as to what we Absolutely. believe we can and can't do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I know that when I, I, I first started real estate back in the day, I sold my first, it was a, a private sale. Um, yes. Uh, um, and got a really great result and it was just like all guns blazing from there on. You had a, I was reading your bio and you like what sold like some crazy number of houses in your um, first year. I, I did. I sold 50, 52 houses in my first year. And then um, consistently every year, 50. Um, so it's really um, yeah. stable. But, you know, I think that comes into being in flow, right? I had a direct sales career um, prior to that and I built, like, a really good community. So my prospecting and that was really quite easy. And I actually put on a PA fairly early in the piece to allow me to, to do... Um, what come to me very naturally and where my energy was um, yeah it's really important as you too because you know you're a champion profile what we call contribution compass champion profile and that you're very attuned in terms of really creating great results within the sales arena because that comes so naturally to you yeah but it does come with other um problems in that profile <laughs> it does it does it's, it does it's about building some muscle around that right yeah, so, yes. So tell us about what would be your advice to someone if they were thinking about coming into the industry? Okay, so the first thing I want to say is this is actually a long race. This is a marathon. This is not a sprint. Now, the problem in this industry is there's too many coaches and gurus that tell you to hustle and grind and, you know, you can sleep when you're dead and all this rubbish. Um, and I think the truth is 
a lot of people end up with, and let's be frank here, let's call it out because it needs to be called out, a lot of dirty secrets in this world, a trail of destruction, lots of broken relationships, broken relationships with clients, broken relationships with people in the industry, broken marriages, um, drug problems, huge in this industry, drink problems, other um, self-medicating issues um, because people treat it like it's a sprint. And it's not a sprint. It's actually a, a long run. It's, it's a marathon. And you're in a race. And you're not in a race against anyone else. And that's another truth that people need to hear. You're in your own race. And you're literally running to win a prize. Um, and there is a prize at the end of the race. And it's how you end the race that matters and what you leave behind mm -hmm. along the way. You know, if you're having a... Um, you know, a water thing, you're not going to chuck your litter behind you and just disregard it, you know. It, it's a little bit of an analogy, but this is definitely a marathon and you need to train and you need to have endurance and you've got to have stamina and you've got to rest and you've got to pace yourself. Um, so that's what I'd say. Um, there's others. Yes, that's, that's great advice. And, yeah, there's others and that are... Um, and and yes, and they'll probably can try and maybe sometimes sabotage your trip or whatever, but don't worry about that. Just one foot in front of the other, literally, um, and that's how you get through a race. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely agree. So tell us about, um, I, I guess we all trip up in, the, in, the, in um, our business at some point and they're often the things that cause us the most success, the mm. biggest lessons that we have, what would you say or can you recall something that happened that's been a really valuable lesson for you moving forward? Yeah, look, um, it's quite painful looking back at some of the stuff that we go through in life. And I, I think when people say, I've got no regrets, I've got no regrets, I think that's shrouded in a little bit of a lie because I think we all have regrets um, because if we didn't have regrets, we would never learn, right? Um, so you can't bury them and, or bury them or sweep them under the carpet. You've got to look at them. So my worst mistake was was I was literally running sprinting for a long time and my father passed away unexpectedly from cancer. Um, and by the way, my father was a double marathon runner. He was a very, very healthy man and it was just shocked everyone. Like we, we thought he would outlive all of us. Um, and, and that took me so by surprise and I was in terrible denial for a long time and shock and terrible pain. And um, I went really hard and I had a brilliant year after he passed away and I think a lot of people do sometimes, you know, do incredible stuff when they're going through difficult times yeah. but then collapse. And I think it sort of was round about just after the GFC so it was in, when the market really turned and... And I was with a company that I was doing really well with. Like I was definitely up there and I was pretty happy. And then they rebranded. And I don't know what happened to me, but I went into this weird, real weird place of disconnect with everything. And I think I was literally at, possibly at a bit of a mental breakdown stage without acknowledging it because I was just grieving for my dad so badly and, and just everything literally fell apart. So I ended up doing something really stupid and I resigned. And I still don't know why I did that. It was almost like a self-sabotage. And I went to work for the agency that offered me a much much higher commission worst mistake ever and it totally threw me I felt like I lost my confidence it was in a really a, not a very nice area um, I kind of felt like my profile just almost disappeared everyone was talking about me oh it was just not a very nice time and I look back and I just was stupid I should have just gone away for two months had a break 
So what I ended up doing is after about four four months, five months, I just didn't like it at all. And I actually walked away for about two, three months and I went on holiday and I had a break and then I went right. And then I realised I actually loved the industry and I missed it. So I went back. I should have probably gone back to where I had been, but I thought, look, I'm going to learn and I'm going to humbly learn everything I can learn. And I went back and I actually went to work um, for a, a very, very good operation. And I was actually really happy there. And I learned a whole lot of new skills and basically had to build myself pretty much up again mentally and and literally relaunch myself, which, which was really gave me a lot of courage to even be doing what I'm doing today. Yeah. But I just we- want to say, Fortunately, um, I think a lot of agents that do jump around, it's probably because of something that they're not happy with inside of themselves. And, and that's exactly what I did. I was just very unhappy and in a terrible state of grief. And when I had my I went to see a grief counsellor and she identified that um, I, you know, was struggling. And when I acknowledged that, I was able to have a good cry and then I was in a much better headspace to move on. Yeah. So go through stuff get help, you know, find a coach, find someone to talk to, you know, like do it on your own. You don't have to be strong all the time. I think that's really good advice, um, Gabby, because I think often, and and I think this contributes to the, to the um, substance abuse that we see. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like anything, because it's not real estate, it's life, is that we Mm. want to suppress the pain, right? We want to have the instant gratification, the quick you know the quick fix yeah right but it's a it's it's a very dangerous and unhealthy road to go down and the other higher commissions you know you can be offered higher commission splits but it doesn't necessarily mean that that's the right place to work for you know if you know at the end of the day you you want um you want a it's not about necessarily about what you earn it's how much are you selling how happy are you in your environment? How productive are you and are you in flow? And anyone can offer you a higher split, but a higher split of what, you know? Exactly. That's exactly right. And, and and my advice would always be if you're looking at, number one, coming into real estate or changing um, agencies. Mm-hmm. So I guess the first thing is everything that happens that we manifest on the outside is the result of what's happening internally. Yeah, and throughout what's going on for us and how mm-hmm. we're trying to fix that, and and often we just put band aids on things, and I, I see that in recruiting in our industry, is we just put band aids on things. It's not necessarily the right, the right fit. So and and we know that often what you see on the outside is not what you get on the on the inside. Funny thing that, and so due diligence of you know wherever you think your new home needs to be is so vitally important. It's got to feel good for you and it's got to fit with your culture and your values um, and your goals and to be in a supportive um, relationship. That's right. So, so speaking of that, um, Gabby, who, tell me, um, and share with us maybe a couple of people who've been really instrumental within your career, um, inside, outside real estate, that, that oh. have um, had, had a, an impact on you in a positive manner? Look, I'm very fortunate and incredibly blessed. I've had so many amazing people that have contributed towards um, 
or contributed in my life and still contribute on a regular basis. There's just so many. It would literally take me probably half an hour to run through them, but I'll be as quick as I can. Um, probably someone that inspires me incredibly, and I was very fortunate to meet that person for the first time this year, is actually John McGrath himself. Um, and as you know, I'm now with McGrath. I, I just think that he is so iconic and there's something about him that um, he's just brought a lot to the industry. Um, in, Absolutely. And especially in terms of ethics, values, how he does business, how he conducts himself and, and what he brings to the table. Like at the last hour, he, he kept saying, just tell the truth. I mean, of course, we all know we should, but that sadly, what is true? And that's a great question for you to think about is how you conduct yourself. What actually is truth, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's that. this is an industry where a lot of us, um, it's, it's kind of almost become a game and a dance and, and, and it, you know, there's a lot of bullshit in this industry and that's what I love about John McGrath because he sets this, sets this great benchmark. And even when you go to Arik, you don't feel that pretentiousness that you feel in some other trainings and seminars. Um, you don't get that undercurrent. You get this almost this, this, this purity, um, which I love, and, and that is what I, I do like. And I went to my first Arik conference, and funnily enough, I walked away, and I went up to the McGrath booth, and I said, one day I'd love to um, join you in Queensland or maybe open an office. It was just quite bizarre that I even had that conversation. Um, it's strange what, what you say and then years uh-huh. down you remember those moments and pivotal moments in your life. Um, so when I met him, if you'd said to me, who do you want to meet most in the world? There were always a few people I really wanted to meet. Um, and sadly, I never got to meet Steve Irwin, uh, but I did get to meet Terry Irwin, who's an incredibly inspirational woman. When I worked in radio, I spent a whole day with her and she was amazing. A real powerhouse and very passionate, but sadly, we never got to meet Steve. He actually died the next year, but she kept saying, you'll meet him. You'll meet them, um, but we never did. Um, but for me, um, who did I really want to meet? Well, you know, for me, meeting John McGraw was a little bit like a little girl wanting to meet Princess Diana, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just the truth, um, unashamedly. Um, look, Lee Woodward has had a huge impact in, I think, my generation's life. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. The, the real estate course, it's just, it's absolutely the bread and butter and the absolute um, ground work that every agent needs to build on. And, and he's, he's a brilliant man. I'm very grateful for all the courses I did. And I'm so long overdue to do a refresher course. Um, you know, it's always good. I keep every single one of my books and every now and again I flick through them. And there's so much you can learn. Um, another great person is obviously my husband because he's the one that inspired me really to open my own business. Um, he went away in, I think, 2012, and he went to work on the gas works um, in civil construction, and he basically made me run his business. It was the most uncomfortable, awful thing I ever had to do, um, deal with, um, you know, builders and, and, and plumbing contractors, and, oh, it was the most horrible job. But I look back, and I'm so grateful because it gave me the um, – insight because he started in business when he was 24 whereas I come from a very intellectual background where it was all about degrees and and you know what what you've learned and studied so you know I don't come from a family of practical people at all absolutely not um 
whereas Rod's extremely practical and gifted in the business area. So he basically literally forced me. And if it hadn't have been that awful year, because it took me a year to sell the business, because, oh, don't worry, they'll sell in six weeks. Well, it took nine months to sell that business and then another few months to wrap it up. Um, so I ran that business and that gave me the groundwork and the confidence to eventually have my own business because before that I just wasn't up to it. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. that was thanks to him. Um, another great person who's been in my life for, for a while has been Lenore Sieber. She's been beautiful um, and I call her my real estate mum and, and she's a great person. Um, jo Oliveri is awesome. She's so inspiring in the property <laughs> and she's dealt with a lot of heartbreak and she wears her heart on her sleeve in such a beautiful way and I think we can be vulnerable with people. Um, Nick Stewart, awesome for mindset, amazing man, uh, it really helped me a lot and being a good friend as well when I went through some difficult times. Um, Christina Guidotti, um, she was very instrumental in helping me on my balance journey because I was probably the most unbalanced person you could ever meet. Um, and she's really helped put balance in my life. And definitely last but not least, Julie, you've been amazing. Um, oh, thank you. I can't thank you enough. You came into our business when we really first started. Um, I was running it solo pretty much with a PA and Rodney had just joined me um, in property management. She was trained by Joel Levere. But we were kind of really at loggerheads and in a fairly big way. And I wouldn't let go and he was getting upset and probably a little bit hurt and I was very difficult to work with and you went right guys and you and Neil came in and you said right you do that you do that you do that and you gave us such clear direction and literally it's been harmony ever since we've never clashed um we learned to embrace each other's strengths and weaknesses thanks to profiling and um we learned then that it's so easy to make mistakes and create a mini me mm. and get the and that's the worst thing you can do. Um, you need someone that complements your weaknesses and your strength. Um, and that's the beauty. We all created um, in such a way, and I think the problem with the world is, is that the world wants us to be something we're not, and we're not told to embrace who we really are inside. Mm. And that's what I love about profiling is celebrating who you are, and there's such a freedom in me saying to my husband, I hate bookkeeping, I hate accounts, I hate banking. I can't stand admin. I love doing this. I love doing that. I come alive when I do this. Yeah. And, and I think it's about being in flow and you can't put a square egg in a round hole. And I think too often people are trying to do that. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Or, or they compare themselves with others, which is just the worst. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm beyond compare. I tell you, whoever's yeah. Day, you need to hear it you are beyond compare you have no there is no one out there that carries what you carry you carry something very unique absolutely reason and you've got to embrace that and you're not going to be everyone's cup of tea you know but that's okay you know I'm, I might yeah. be freaking, but I hate robust tea <laughs> I <think> it's, <laughs> it's so bad that I don't like it but I, I like other teas so that's the whole thing like yeah. be who Ah, and don't compare yourself to anyone else and embrace your strengths and your weaknesses because that's how God made you. Yeah, absolutely. And so let's talk about well, let's talk about your flow, your strengths. What is that special thing that you bring to your clients? I think uh, speaking the truth and telling people where they're at um, 
and maybe I'm a little bit too forthright at times, but there are people that love that. Um, I think you really um, have to identify what you're good at and work on those things. For me, because of my radio background and my creative background, I'm very good at creating content and doing the whole marketing well, and that's what I love doing. I know during the lockdown, we I listed this property and um, it had this amazing pool area and, and, and the house was fairly basic and ordinary. It was nothing flush, but the pool area was next level incredible. So I called it the party house and I wanted to have this party there and I wanted to showcase everyone having a party. But, of course, we had a problem. It happened during lockdown. Mm-hmm. So the only party I could have was myself and a couple of people that had to be there on the day so it was myself and the owners um, sitting around the gazebo toasting each other and having these cocktails. Um, and then I needed someone to lie by the pool in a bikini and I was definitely not competition ready because um, I do bodybuilding and probably carrying about three or four kilos more than I would normally like to carry. So I made sure that I was sky. Those COVID kilos, hey, they're a bit yeah. killer, hey? Oh, no, just, just off-season kilos, so... Mm-hmm. But even so, so I just had no choice. I had to do the uncomfortable thing, go by the pool in a bikini. You can really see <laughs> that I was turned away. And um, we played darts and we created this amazing video and, and it sold the property. And um, I remember the owner telling his neighbour, he said, you should use Gabby. He said, Gabby even took the trouble to make this great video during lockdown and she even went to the trouble of putting on a bikini and lying by the pool. And I <laughs> Up. like I won't dive in a pool but I had no choice I'd actually arrange someone to come out to to sit by the pool and of course they wouldn't and they couldn't and they weren't allowed to so I think being able to adapt and do whatever it takes is yeah, always absolutely okay. so absolutely. I like putting myself in the buyer's shoe and thinking what would I like and how do I want to see this house yeah not yeah. how the seller wants to see it because that's not always necessarily the right thing but True. often buyers are very very similar anyway so it's always good to get their creative input and then say who do you see buying this house and then I talk to them and we kind of work out a little brief together and then I write the copy based on that brief and we pretty much nail it most of the time every now and again you get surprised Mm -hmm. I sold a family home to an 84 year old I didn't see that happening why would an 84 year old buy a five-bedroom home Mm. but she had her reasons and she did (laughs) But um, that's the only time we've kind of really been caught short. But most of the time, I think it's just really understanding the person and creating the content yeah. around needs and we see it. Yeah, absolutely. And so, Gabby, tell us, share with us one thing that most people wouldn't uh, know about you. Oh, gosh, what do most things? Well, I think for me, I kind of wear my heart on my sleeve and what you see is what you get. You know, we used to have this wonderful saying in the 90s, what you see is what you get plus a little more with a wonder bra. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I suppose I I don't like, um, I value freedom hugely. I really do. I found this whole COVID thing very difficult to live with. being made to do things, have to wear masks, have to do this, have to do that. And I understand that that's how it is. But I even think um, I hate being locked into leases, contracts. Um, It's really not me. Um, 
at all. So I value food very heavily. What else about me? Um, well, we got, you gave us a little bit of a hint that I'd really love for you to share just before is about your bodybuilding and like, you know, that you, you just did some competition last year and it was amazing. Yeah, yeah, that was actually quite a challenge to do that competition because I ended up, I actually ended up with kidney, kidney, well, I had kidney disease without knowing it. So my kidneys are working at 58%, which is actually quite dangerous. So I had to do this bodybuilding comp, not being able to overload my body with protein, which is kind of very challenging. So it was very difficult to to do and then to recover from and reverse diet. But yes, um, I had been basically had a dream one day to to compete in the bodybuilding arena and I actually did and I actually placed um in the in the division I was in and I was the the woman that actually won was actually 18 so when you compete against 18 year olds um and you're like 30 years older it's a little bit of a challenge (laughs) but anyway um and I'm gonna probably do my last I think next year so at the moment I'm off season and I'm having to eat a lot and and, and do sort of more the heavy lifting. But mm. I find it's great to have a focus outside of real estate because a hundred percent becomes all consuming. Um, and it's been really good. I've rechanged everything a little bit lately, and I've been doing a fitness challenge, and I've been doing a lot more cardio, and I've actually been doing park runs on Saturday morning which has been a whole new thing. So I'm trying to stretch myself and um, do things a little bit differently. Um, But definitely it helps with the stress of real estate. Um, I find that when I'm focused on lifting something heavy and I'm focusing on breathing, it slows me right down and it really helps me and I get a great feeling if I can manage that, that I can kind of handle difficult things. Yeah. I, and unfortunately, I was I was going to go and watch you, but I was really sick that day. But I'm going to be in the audience this year cheering you on. I would oh, good. Love, I would I love to do that. Yeah, April down the Gold Coast, but you never yeah. know COVID lockdowns and stuff. Who knows anything, okay? Yeah, but it's good to have a goal and a, and a, and a distraction and work towards something. I think I was a little bit sort of lost after that comp, and then you know I, I stopped doing as many walks and I was kind of out of it and then I really struggled to get my mojo back I was really um in a bad sort of mojo space um and then I was sort of in the middle of other things and now I'm like right game on now this is and um it's really good to have little goals and targets along the way to work towards yeah you know absolutely yeah personal ones and all that stuff and I think it's when you don't have goals and you don't have direction um, you've got to have some structure in your life. And because I'm a free spirit, um, too free, um, I can flounder <laughs> without those structures. Um, so it's really powerful because you can actually really thrive as a free spirit if you do have some structures around your life. Yeah, so, that, that's totally true. That's totally yeah. true. So it's good well, to be a free spirit and a little bit different and a little bit out there, but you've got to have structure and that's where you need a coach and that's, you know, the best thing I can say to anyone is really get a coach, um, get a strategy coach. I mean, Julie's brilliant for that. She can tell you what you should be doing, set up structures around your life, around your day, um, and that will be a game changer, especially if you are going through difficult times or situations because 
you know, she's someone you can rely on and lean on because she's gone through difficult times herself and she's been there before. And that will really help you on your journey um, to success. Well, Gabby, it's been an absolute delight having you as one of our special guests. And we look forward to following your journey, both in uh, the real estate world and obviously outside that as well. So thank you so much. Thank you.